0: Do or die sounds a lot better than die or die. I named this podcast Die or Die. And I thought, you know, do or die sounds better, but die or die is what our choice is. (laughs) And of course, I'm spelling that D-I-E, not D-Y-E. We really can't do. So we're left with what we can do. We can die, with or without effort. Everybody who hears this, everybody who you see, everyone who you know is going to die. They don't have to do anything special to get there. It's a gift of life. It's the free gift of life. Your card will be punched. You will be ended. That's what happens. Now, there's nothing to do about that. So it's a good thing that we can't do. But people will try to extend their life. By doing all kinds of crazy things, exercise, fad diets, and doing this and doing that and being afraid and walking around with a Kleenex on touching everything and this spray stuff and the hand stuff and all this stuff so that you don't ever get any germs. And then the next thing you know, you become Howard Hughes only without the money. When we start on this path, we imagine ourselves whole. We imagine that we're one. We imagine that we're integrated. We know everything inside of us. We know how it all works. It's all working together harmoniously. Through proper self-observation, we realize our duality. We realize, first of all, that we're not one, that we're at least two. And then the effort begins to become one in reality. You can't really make an effort to become one in reality until you realize that you are not one in reality. Steve mentioned something about reality the other day. We were talking about scale and he was confused about, well, I'm the same as a rabbit or I'm the same as that bug or I'm this because the same life is it's the same to everything and blah, 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 blah. And I said, yeah, well, the, the thing is you're confusing realities. We have reality of consensus. Reality of consensus is the reality that everybody agrees on. Everybody says, yes, this is a chair, and it's real, and it's made of this, and it's soft here and hard there, and blah, 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 blah. That's the reality of consensus, and that can change with people's opinions. But then we have reality, that which is actually so, which has nothing to do with people's consensus. It has nothing to do with people's opinions. It has nothing to do with people's agreement or their voting on it or their judging it. It is what it is, and that's the way it is, and there's nothing anyone can do about that. We don't like that, so we have a reality of consensus instead. Because we don't like things that we can't do anything about, do we? No. So we like things that we can do something about. So we invent a reality that we can do something about. We can get other people to say, ain't it awful? We should change this. Let's save the whales. Let's uh, save the baby harp seals. Let's save the Spongebobs, you know, square pants or whatever. Though we are many, we can group the many into two. This is where we start. We start grouping the many into two, saying, well, there's personality and then there's essence. Personality is ruled by false personality, but we'll push that to the back burner for now and leave that for now. And just talk about personality and essence. Personality comes from life, and essence comes from a source that is not life as we see it. The work says your essence comes from the stars, but that makes people crazy because they get literal. And they say, oh, I knew it. We're from Mars. Oh, it was aliens came here and seeded the Earth with us. And oh, we're really from the stars. No, lighten up. Back off from that. That's not what it's talking about. What it's talking about is your essence comes from someplace higher than this plane of 48 orders of laws. Your essence comes from someplace with much fewer laws. comes from a higher level and it comes down into this lower level and is clothed with this body. So you could probably make yourself wacko about that too, but try not to. Try not to go crazy on that. Try not to make up a bunch of stuff. Try not to plug that into other things you've heard and other things people have said and things you've read and other philosophies. Just try to let all that go. It's really not that important, and we're gonna move on, and that'll be ancient history soon. Now, the problem with personality, which comes from life, in essence, which comes from a source that is not life as we see it, is that they are at war. Only a third force will determine the outcome of that war, who lives and what dies. Unless personality is made passive, in other words, unless personality dies, no transformation is possible for us. Well, this is bad news for us bears because we don't want to die. Who was it the other day? (laughs) Yesterday I said something and somebody said, well, my personality says, screw that. It doesn't want any public that... That was, oh, that's right. It was Tammy. Yeah, that's why it was so memorable, because Tammy never says anything. Well, at least never says anything intelligent. But that was intelligent. And what made that intelligent was it was the truth. She really, really did hear what her personality was saying. And she was smart enough to not be in her personality when it was saying it. In other words, she had pulled her identification out of her personality enough to hear it say that. And to say, it says, screw that, I don't want any part of that. It doesn't want any part of that. And that is sheer genius. Those are the moments that we are working for. We, all of this work that we do is for those little moments when we're less identified with personality and we can hear what it says and we can say, oh, yes, well, it says that, but I'm still here. You notice my butt's still in the chair. It's saying, run, this man is insane, but my butt's still in the chair. This is what the work finally gives us. The ability not to do, but that's just it. The ability not to do. The ability not to do what the personality says. The ability not to do what the personality requires. The ability not to do what the personality demands. The ability not to do what the personality forces us to do all the rest of the time. It forces us into fear. It forces us into negative emotions. It forces us into hatred. It forces us into fighting. It forces us into judgment. It forces us into all these things. And the work gives us a free pass. Every once in a while, when you do enough work, you get enough work credits, and you get a free pass. And that free pass means you don't have to do what the personality is twisting your arm to make you do. Well, that's a cool way to look at it. Now, does it really give you a free pass? No, you idiots. If you're looking for a free pass, forget about it. There is no free pass because you paid for it. You did the work and the work gives you this grace. When you work and you do what you do, then the work just gives you this grace. And what grace means is this free gift in this moment when you didn't expect it. Boom. There it is. You can't make it happen when you want it to happen. You don't direct it. You're not directing the light. You're just letting it fall on places inside of you. And then it's doing the work who controls the high ground determines the outcome of the war i know this sounds like whatever is that guy chinese guy you know, sun tzu or whatever it is who said uh, who did the art of war which i guess is really popular these days or it has been popular actually in, in the past uh, however many years i've been alive i've noticed that it comes and goes in popularity it becomes like this fad book for the yuppies and then this fad book for the wall street guys you know and, fad book for this group and artist group and then fad book and, and it just makes its rounds over and over and over again. It's called a classic. When personality formed in us by contact with manifest life is in control, our real essential part can't grow. Fictional personality is concerned with our business, with our social lives, with our professional lives, with the manifest life side and therefore it can never have peace of mind. Why can it never have peace of mind? That's quite a statement. Because the fictional personality is concerned with the professional side or business side, the social manifest life side, it can never have peace of mind. It can never have real happiness. It can never be centered in reality. Why is because when you're connected to life, nothing stays the same. Everything is constantly changing. As soon as you find a safe place, it changes and it's not a safe place anymore. As soon as you found something good, it changes and it's not good anymore. There's no way to have any lasting happiness or peace of mind in something that's changing constantly. So, it cannot find real happiness or be centered in reality because it's all changing. Fictional personality is outside of us. This is something that we don't realize. This is something that esoteric teachings tell us. Fictional personality is outside of us. It's coating our essential part and constantly reacting to how life and others behave toward it. This coating or as I said in one of the light podcasts recently, this machine that we're stuck inside of. You think of Alien, the movie Alien, where, what's that woman's name? Ridley. She is inside this big thing, this big, like, robot thing that she controls, and they use it for moving big boxes and things, and it's all automatic, and, and you know, you just control it. And Anyway, we're inside of one of those, only it's the, the wiring's so messed up. We move this hand, and that foot moves, and we move this, we blink, and then, you know, it falls. falls. Falls over, and everything that we do just doesn't. We have no control over it. No matter what we do, it does something else. We're inside of one of those, and it's just that big, and it's just that powerful, and it just, and it can make that much of a mess of our lives. I mean, imagine this huge golem machine just going crazy, thrashing through life. Well, you don't have to imagine that. Just look at your life. If you look at your life objectively, you'll see that that's what your life has been. It's just been this person just thrashing about. Inside of this huge machine that has caused a tremendous amount of damage, harm, and terrible things. Waste in the world. If you can see that about yourself, good for you. You've been observing yourself. You've been observing yourself properly. And what that means, observing yourself properly, is observing the machine properly. Because you can't observe yourself. People talk about self-observation, but they don't know what self to observe. So observe the self you can observe. Well, the self you can observe is the self that you're not. And, of course, what that leads to is once you start to observe the self that you're not, you realize that you're not that self. And you start to have some non-identification. You start to get free from that, which, of course, is exactly the goal, freedom, liberation from that. So all of this thing, this machine, this coating, it's all pretense. None of it is real. It's all pretense. It's all made up of the things from the earth. So it's constantly changing, too. It's constantly rusting. It's constantly breaking. It's constantly being repaired. It's constantly changing. Becoming conscious in essence for a moment reveals a different world. The world that, as Gurdjieff said, was more real, more vivid, richer. You've all had that experience. You've all become conscious in essence for a moment, a flash. And life was, wow, was just different. It felt good to be alive. There was nothing to be afraid of. There was nothing to judge. There was not, there was just wonder. It was just wonder and joy and peace. And like, wow, leaves were greener. The sky was bluer. The Everything was richer, better, more vivid, more alive. And then it was gone. <laughs> Unfortunately, we can't get back to essence artificially. Now that's, Unfortunately, what people are trying to do 24-7, drugs, excitement, all of the things that people are doing in life, making money, having sex partners, doing this, doing that, being liked, being popular, starting a band, being a rock star, you know, being a movie star, all of this stuff is all about one thing and one thing only, trying to get back to essence artificially. It's all artificial because it's all in life and life will never give you that. Because life doesn't have that. Because life is under 48 orders of laws and essence is not. Everything belongs to essence is real. And everything that belongs to personality is unreal. At first, essence can only grow a little through its own power. Then personality needs to grow so that essence can complete its growth at the expense of personality. You'll begin to see the plot of this great drama what happens is you come here and your essence, you're this, just this beautiful, undeveloped purity from elsewhere. And you grow a little bit. But then you can't grow anymore under your own power. You just don't have any more food. You don't have any more energy. You don't have any more anything. You can't grow anymore. So you start to be coated. Your essence starts to be coated by life with this personality, just like a jawbreaker. <laughs> layer after layer after layer after layer after layer, coating after coating after coating, until you get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And And then you're this hard jawbreaker that can survive life because the little soft, gooey center can't survive life. Not as it is. It needs this protection. So you get it. You get the protection. That's why you're here. You're here to develop essence. That's why you're here. But in order to do it, you've got to be coated so that essence can survive life, You know, entering the atmosphere as it were or else essence would be burned up. So you develop this shell, this personality. You know, I'm always trying to think of new ways to explain this, to paint pictures of it with words so that you can get an idea and start to back away from it, start to understand what it is that they're talking about. So I hope some of these work for you. Don't get too attached to any of them because I'll change them regularly as anything we do too often becomes mechanical so that's why i'm always looking for something new actually i'm not always looking for something new it just comes up so personality needs to grow so essence can complete its growth at the expense of personality personality is going to be called by your life name so whatever your life name is that's what personality is called so for you to be pad for you to be rex for you to be curtis for you to be Lori. so everybody's got there's this life name that their personality is called The personality will do all that it can to prevent essence from growing, from usurping it. Why is that? Well, formed by life, it's under the laws of life. What does that mean? What are the laws of life? Well, look around at the laws of life. Darwin observed the laws of life. Newton observed the laws of life. There are a lot of laws in life, physical laws, a lot of laws in life. And those laws, one of the things is dog-eat-dog, survival of the fittest, the law of the jungle. Those are the laws of life. So those are the laws that the personality is under. Those are the laws that the personality lives by. So when you start to say, well, I'm going to start to kill personality so that essence can grow, personality says, the hell you are. That's what you think, not if I kill you first. And so personality begins to work actively to prevent essence from growing because it's a matter of survival now. It knows that its days are numbered, and it wants to survive every second. It wants to take every breath that it can get. Just one more breath, just one more breath. And if that means essence has to die so that it can get one more breath, no big deal. It's just this wimpy little gooey thing anyway. Who cares? I am important. When we begin to realize all of this for ourselves, the battle of a lifetime is joined. I'd say the battle of many lifetimes has joined, but I don't want to scare you. This is why we don't teach this to children. (laughs) This is not for kids. Kids don't have a personality yet. They haven't developed the forebrain yet. They're still working on that stuff. This stuff is not for kids. This stuff is for people who are good householders. This stuff is for people who have developed the personality. The richer the personality, the better. Why? Better food. More food. For what? For essence. For essence. Personality must receive an earth education so that it can form a good, rich personality. What is an earth education? What's our first education? It's what the work calls our first education. You go to school, you have parents, you have teachers, you have authority figures in your life. They teach you how to do this. They teach you social skills. They teach you math skills. They teach you reading and writing skills. They teach you skills. And you learn those things. You develop a rich personality. Only then can the second education begin. The second education begins making personality passive so that essence can grow. So this second education can't even start until you've developed a rich personality. And this is why we don't teach it to children. They haven't developed a rich personality. They're still in the embryonic stage of personality development. Personality takes a bum rap, though. When we think of personality, we usually hold up our fingers like this, make this sign of the cross, put garlic around our necks, try and drive a stake through its heart, because it's this evil thing to us. And that's because personality got a bum rap. There are many good things about personality. And you innately instinctively know this. You know that there are good things about personality and that's why you identify with it. You identify with the good things about your personality. You don't identify with the other things. You push them away. Those are the things that are in the dark closet. Those are the things that are on the dark side of the moon. Those are the things that we don't know about. They don't match up with our pictures of our good personality. There's a problem there. There's a conflict there. But there are many good things about personality. The problem is that they belong to this attitude that we have. What is the attitude that we have? The attitude that we have in personality is, I can do. Anything that belongs to I can do is ruined. It's spoiled by I can do. How is it spoiled by I can do? We start to ascribe everything good that happens to ourselves. Everything bad that happens, because we think I can do, I think you can do. And when I think you can do, I think that you're doing the bad things deliberately. And so that makes us enemies. And you see, it creates a huge problem right off the bat. The good things that you learned are not to be sacrificed. There are a lot of good things that you learned in life. A lot of very beneficial things that you learned in life. They're not to be sacrificed. That's not the purpose of this work. It's our identification with them that must be surrendered. You don't have to give up being a great artist. You don't have to give up being a good electrician. You don't have to give up being a good construction guy, you know, a supervisor or contractor. You don't have to give up being a good computer programmer you don't have to give up being a good nancy nurse and you know you don't have to give up being a good mother and homemaker you don't have to give that stuff up just because you're good at it you have to surrender your identification with it that's a little bit harder because it would be easier just to quit it than it would be to give up our identification surrender our identification with it as long as we ascribe qualities of personality to ourselves essence can't grow how difficult it is for us to realize we don't know how we think we don't know how we think. We don't. Know. I don't mean you don't know how you think. What I mean is you don't know how you think. You don't know how it happens. You don't know how you think. You don't know what to do when it stops. You don't know how you move. Well, You know you do move, but you don't know how you move. Well, I, I think I move, I think I do it. Well, really, do you do it in your sleep? Oh, what about when you do it? What, what about when you have a tick? What about when you blink and you don't even know you're doing it? Well, I'm still doing it. Really, how are you doing it? Well, I don't know how I'm doing it, but I'm doing it. See, that's the problem with personality is that it wants to ascribe everything to itself. Yes, I do it all. You don't know how you grow hair. Because if you did, you'd stop growing it in places where you don't want it and you'd start growing it in places where you do want it. You don't know how you do it. You can't do it. That's the thing. That's the deal. You can't do it. And we don't know how we feel. We don't know what makes us feel the way we feel. We think we know, but we don't really know. So here we are. How difficult it is for us to realize we don't know how we think, move, or feel. Personality governed by false personality says, I to all excellent qualities. What's it say to the ones that are not excellent? You. (laughs) That's what it says. It says, I to the good, you to the bad. That's how personality operates. We're all smiling because we know how it operates. This is why everyone is jealous. This is why everyone hates. This is why everyone is so easily offended, spending their entire lives in grievances and internal considering. When I say everyone, I do mean us not just everyone else, I mean us as well, everyone, all of us. This is why all of life, this is what people do. People at our level do this all the time. Some people do this less than other people. Some people do this more than other people. But we're all doing this all the time to varying degrees at our level. At other levels, it's not like that. But we're not at other levels. We're here. And it's always good to start where you are, not where you aren't. You have a much better chance of getting to where you want to be by starting where you are instead of where you aren't. Maurice Nicole said, notice when you're offended and try to observe why. Well, wait a second. Isn't it enough just to notice when I'm offended? Why do I have to try and observe why? (laughs) Because it's always better to have two centers involved. Try to observe why you're offended. We quarrel due to a sense of unrealness, inner lostness. Living identified with personality, which is unreal, how can you have a sense of realness? You know that everything's temporary. You know that you're going to die. And so people start to long for a sense of reality because they know the transitoriness of this. They start to see people die, people growing old, people getting sick, people getting into accidents, people being dismembered, all kinds of things happening to people. And they start to fear, this is going to happen to me. And there's this sense of unrealness, that is, I won't last, temporariness. Reality lasts. Illusion doesn't. So we quarrel because of our sense of unrealness and because of our inner lostness. We have this sense of being lost. We try to make everything make sense in the world, but you have to admit, in your real moments, you feel lost. You don't know what's going to come next. You don't know how to handle it. You don't know what life is going to bring. You don't know what the economy is going to do. You don't know if your husband or wife is going to be there tomorrow or be dead. You don't know if your kid's going to live or die. You don't know. There is an inner sense of lostness about that. We don't deal with it much. We don't touch it much because there's not much we can do about it. And it's a very unpleasant feeling. What is real in us never argues about anything. Well, obviously there's not much real in us then, isn't it? (laughs) Personality argues because what it has, it acquired. It does not belong to it. It's not real. It's not its own. Essence doesn't have to argue because everything that essence has, which isn't much, is its own. Essence doesn't own a house. Personality owns a house. Essence doesn't own a car. Personality owns a car. Essence doesn't own property. Personality owns property. So the more of that you've got, the more of that essence wants, but the less you want essence to have of it. You're starting to see how this works? Personality begins to be this giant that wants everything for itself and wants nothing for essence. And it begins the fight to the death. Essence knows what's real. What does that mean? Essence knows what's so. Why argue? Like yesterday, I had this realization. And I said, well, Curtis, blah, 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 blah. And Curtis said, well, that's not the way it looks to me. Okay. He doesn't see it. He doesn't know. Why should he? He's not me. Essence knows something. That's the way it is. It doesn't matter what anyone says. Because what's so is what's so, and there's nothing to argue about. People who feel unreal are very touchy. I don't mean touchy-feely. Oh, give me a hug. I don't mean that. I mean they're very touchy. Observe your own touchiness. Where is it? And what's it about? This is real self observation. What is it that sets you off? What is it that you're touchy about? What is it that annoys you easily? What is it that gets your hackles up? What is it that makes you tense up? What is it that makes you your teeth clench? What is it that makes you narrow your eyes? What is it that makes you do that? Observe where it is and what it's about. That's real self observation. Essence can't grow from what is unreal really understand something you're not touchy about it you're not annoyed when somebody disagrees you don't fight with them you don't argue with them you don't even have to discuss it and if you do discuss it you don't have to be upset and you certainly don't have to argue people who think they know are always very touchy aren't they it's like walking around on eggshells with somebody who thinks they know the more they know the more difficult it is to be around them if they think they know if they actually know it's easy to be around them it's the difference between our pictures of ourselves and our actual capabilities that make us touchy, extremely touchy. So we have these pictures of ourselves, and then we have these actual capabilities, and we don't want anyone to find out that the pictures are not real. And so when they go through our photo album, we get very annoyed and touchy, extremely touchy. An extreme touchiness that gets murderously touchy if they persist. Witness the world at war. The world is at war, always. Some part or other, someone's slaughtering someone else. On some part of this planet, 24-7, someone is killing someone else. Why is that? Because they have become murderously touchy. That's why. It is an individual thing, and then it also is a group thing. It's a mass insanity. That's what war is, you know. War is mass insanity. We're touchy about what we're not, but pretend that we are. And this makes us violent. If people keep on pulling away the curtain, the great and powerful Oz behind that curtain is going to come out in flames, and you're going to get toasted. You're going to get flamed. As long as violence, hatred, jealousy, and all this other stuff reign in us, we can't awaken. You can't awaken when all of that stuff is ruling you unless we become conscious of it. If we become conscious of it, then we begin to awaken. Even while it's still there? Yes, even while it's still there. Asleep, we're no use to the conscious circle of humanity. We're no use to esoteric humanity. We're no use to anything higher when we're asleep. We must become much more conscious of ourselves first, and then the other person. You've got to become more conscious of yourself first, and then the other person. How do we do it? Just the opposite. We become more conscious of the other person first. We find all their faults. And since we found all their faults, we know why we're unhappy, so there's no sense in looking any further. But it's just the opposite in this work. You must find all of these things. You must become conscious in yourself first, and then you can become conscious in other people, of other people. But first, in yourself. Essence comes from a higher level than personality, so it's more real. In other words, it's more deathless, yet it's undeveloped. Essence must be taught at the expense of personality, but personality can't teach essence because the lower can't act on the higher. So personality can't teach essence anything. The only thing personality could ever teach essence is how to be a deceptive, creepy, unreal thing. But essence would never learn that, because essence knows what's so, and so it's not interested in what personality can teach it. The work must enter personality, and then the work speaks to essence from personality. The work takes all of the things that personality has, all the excellent qualities that personality has gathered in life and uses those to teach essence, to develop essence. But personality doesn't do it. The work does it. What does that mean, the work does it? It means the power of the conscious circle of humanity, the power of light, the power of truth, the power of love does the work, teaches it. Maurice Nicole said, In a world of sleepers, the work must come from outside and so enter first the personality. He posited that perhaps it wasn't always this way, that maybe essence could learn directly at some point, but that we have gotten so far down, we have devolved so much human beings. Connie was so funny today. I had the laugh. We were coming here, and I said, well, it doesn't look like it's going to rain. It was supposed to rain last night, it's supposed to rain today, but it doesn't look like it's going to rain ever again. <laughs> and she said, no, they spend billions of dollars on Doppler radar, and a bunion does a better job. And that's the difference between personality and essence. A bunion knows what it knows, and Doppler radar doesn't know diddly. All it knows is what it can gather, but it can't, it can't do anything with it because it doesn't know anything because it's a machine. And that's the way the personality is compared to essence. It's like billions of dollars in Doppler radar and a, and a bunion. And the bunion knows when it's going to rain, and Doppler radar is going to be off by at least 24 to 48 hours, and, <laughs> and it's going to have it in the wrong place, and it's, gonna have it, it's, not, it's just all going to be wrong. And then the times that it is right, we all go, yes, yeah, so let's build another couple billion dollars worth and put some more weather satellites up. It just is worse then. It becomes worse. Esoteric humanity had to build up by education, by the arts, by the sciences, by literature, the culture, so that we could get to a place where we could hear the truth. You remember hearing about the Dark Ages, then the Age of Enlightenment, when there was a printing press and people started to learn how to read and books got shared and the world just started to open up and they stopped persecuting people for knowing the truth. Well, didn't stop entirely, but they toned it down. They stopped burning them at the stake and crucifying them and boiling them in oil and tearing them limb from limb. Eh, Those were bad old days. Now I can do podcasts and I haven't had anybody take a shot at me in years. I mean, you know, with a gun. People take shots at me all the time, but they don't take shots at me with a gun. So we have made progress and it's because Esoteric humanity is built up by education, arts, sciences, literature, the culture, so that we can actually get to a place where we can hear the truth. We can't hear a lot, but we can hear some. Man's position is as a bridge between heaven and earth, between the higher and the lower. Remember, go back to the ladder. You are like a ladder whose top reaches heaven and whose bottom is in the earth. Our task is to climb up this ladder from the animal into the man, to the real man. That's our job. That's why you are here That's why I do what I do. I don't do this so that people will send me nice emails and say thank you and bless you. Although I appreciate that, but that's not why I do this. If I never got an email and if no one ever listened to a podcast, I would still do this. I would do this because this is what I am meant to do. And that's why I do it. You are meant to climb out of this animal shell that you are in and climb into the real man that you are supposed to be. That is the possibility of your evolution. I recommend you get busy. Often the practical application of these ideas sounds like it's going to be easy. The ideas sound great. When we actually run into a situation or a person who's being a little more difficult than we'd like, we find it's not as easy as we thought it was going to be. If you've hit a snag with some aspect of this work and its practical application in your everyday life, I invite you to write James at SolidRockVista.com. Sometimes a fresh perspective is all it takes to get us back on the right track.